Welcome to The Common Rounds. Medical education for medical students by medical students. So today's talk is going to be continuing with the pathologies that we've been um, slowly covering over the past couple of episodes. And our discussion today is going to be on fractures. And specifically, I think fractures in itself is mm. relatively straightforward. It's more about the fracture healing that is that I find really interesting. Yes. So we'll spend a bit of time talking about Mm. about that side of it exactly um so as always we like to start things off by defining it do you want to maybe have a go at defining what a fracture is well i think a fracture would be just a pathological discontinuation of a bone so because of let's say an external force or internal damage to or like softening of the structure or something Mm -hmm. like that that causes the bone to break and shatter. yeah so it's instead of being a continuous line there's a discontinuation in that line yeah so you kind of alluded to some of the causes include applying excessive force to to the bone that can cause disruption pathological processes that weaken the bones, for example things like um, rheumatoid arthritis or chronic use of steroids for example yeah and there's also stress fractures as well but Mm. how about we leave stress fractures out of this for a moment because we're going to come back to it yeah sure there's also a number of terminologies that are used to define what a fracture looks like. Yeah, it's going to be really hard for you guys to, you know, listen to this to imagine what we mean by this. But don't worry, we've got some notes mm-hmm. that we're going to put up on the website for you to refer to. Yeah. Let's try to explain it a little bit. So yeah. the common ones that you might see is a horizontal fracture. So what does that look like? So a horizontal or a transverse fracture describes a fracture when the break goes in a horizontal fashion across the yeah. bone. Yeah. 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 Um, then you have oblique. So oblique means in an angle. So that's yep. sort of a fracture that goes from a, in an angular format. Yep. You also have things like spiral fractures where the bone actually is twisted around, yep. which is really obviously quite problematic. Mm. And you have segmental fractures where there's multiple fractures along the bone, not necessarily in close vicinity to each other, but they can be slightly spaced out. Yeah. There's other terminology as well that ha- that can have much more meaning as opposed to just a purely descriptive form. Yeah. So... What is a simple fracture? Well, a simple fracture describes a, when the fracture of the bone is broken, but nothing is poking out above yeah. the skin. Another name for that is a closed fracture, I think, yeah. uh, that, that you might come across. Sure. What is a compound fracture? So that's when the bone actually starts sticking out. Yeah. And yeah. another name for that is an open fracture. Ah. Um, now, what is a communate? Uh, com- comminuted? Comminuted fracture. So I think it's when... So I read on Radiopedia where the comminuted fractures are when there's actually more than three fragments of bone. So yeah. something that's more a lot more complex and the fracture could be possibly looking like a shattered thing. Mm. Um, so that's a comminuted fracture. Yep. There's also this place as well where the ends of the bone uh, at the fracture site are no longer aligned. Yep. Um, and that obviously a more severe form of this misalignment that we mentioned before. Mm. Now, what is a stress fracture? So a stress fracture on is actually just... Instead of just one uh, high impact event mm-hmm. that occurs to um, to break the bone, so instead of a big bone, mechanical force, yeah, instead of that, it's just a, it's a constant or a, um, a low impact fracture that keeps on happening at the same spot um, that leads to something that fractures. Yeah, I think what you mean the is fracture of the bone. No, I think what yeah. you mean is a sl- like you know you tend to see this in athletes, right? So in long distance runners, when they run for a long time, mm-hmm. it exerts a lot of pressure, let's say on the feet, yeah, and the tendons because of this constant wearing in and on out foot, can yeah. causes the um, can cause these micro fractures on the foot. Ah, yeah. And often you don't need to cast them; you just need to stop exercising so intensively and allow the bone to recover. Sure. What's a green stick fracture? I think this is more common in kids. Yes, and so kids with um, as you would have known that kids um. Their bones aren't as hard as 
as yeah. the adult form and yeah. they've got a bit more cartilage. So when the bone, when there's a fracture in the bone, it breaks on one end, but still stays intact on the uh, yeah. opposing side. Um, kind of like when you try to fracture a, or when you try to split a stick that is still quite green on the inside, mm. that's still um, very moist. Yeah. Um, when you break it, it doesn't fully break through um, and, and it's still intact. So I yeah. think that's that's how they describe it as a That's a good way of putting it, actually. That makes sense, green stick. So. Yeah. Now, there's another term that you might come across called a pathological fracture. Um, that's mm. common in tumors, for example. Okay. And that's when the, the tumor, for example, mm. weakens the bone and disrupts the architecture of it. Mm. And then the, so as a consequence, the bone breaks. Um, and that's something that you guys should be aware of. We've alluded to in, uh, I think, cancer when we talk about oncology. Mm. So you can have a listen to that in more detail there. Yeah. Now, how do we um, assess fractures, Andy? Yeah. So you would go about and taking taking a good history to find out what level of trauma happened. Mm, yeah. Um, whether if it was a high impact trauma, or was it low impact? Yeah. Let's say if the person was just you know from standing height sat down and missed the chair and or fell fractured. Over, yeah. yeah. Um, so whether that would be a low impact, whereas yeah. if someone fell off two two three stories, that that's, that would be a high impact mm-hmm. fracture. Or was involved in a car accident or something. Yeah. Exactly. Um, then you would also try and find out the, assess the maturity and the health of the bone. Um, so that could depend based on the person being either a child, adult, or yeah. an elderly person. Exactly. Um, you look at the fracture and see whether if it's open or closed, yep. anything sticking out or not. What else would you look at? So just going back to the open fracture, we, yeah. this is really concerning because once the bone is exposed to air yeah. and the external environment, there's an increased risk of infection. So that's True. the biggest thing the really big thing that we worry about yeah and we'll cover um, osteomyelitis in a future episode but sure. that's something that you need to keep in the back of your mind yeah um you need to look at the level of fracturing as well so how bad is the i can never pronounce it how bad is the um, level of communication yeah. uh, as well and are there any soft tissue involved so uh, mm. are the vasculature disrupted as oh. a result of the bone or oh. is a nerve damage because if the nerve is damaged you could have long-term complications with sensation or muscular conduction as well that's good now, yep. this is the really, I think this is the cross of what we want to talk about, and that's fracture healing. So yep. do you want to maybe elaborate on that? There's two types of fracture healings, aren't they? Yeah. So fracture healing, um, it's, it's quite important to go under and understand um, how the fracture heals so that we know what is important and what the patient should or shouldn't do, yep. what we can do to help them, um, help them heal properly. So one, just like wound care healing, there's not wound healing, there's a primary healing mm-hmm. and a secondary healing. A primary fracture healing is when, I, I believe it's when the fracture, it's uh, when the two halves of the fracture can be placed quite neatly into each mm-hmm. other so that there isn't a callus formation and the bone just uh, heals straight away by itself. Yeah, it takes a while, long time for it to hold, but there's no callus formation. Yep. Now we're introduced two new terminologies here. We've mentioned the word callus, which we'll expand on in just a moment, but yep. we've also mentioned or about to mention the term reduction. And reduction means just bringing the bone surfaces that yep. have been disrupted together. Yep. Um, and a term for it is called an anatomical reduction when you bring it ah, really that, that's well a in. Good word. Yep. Now, so that was primary healing where no callus is formed. The bones are brought in so nicely together that it just heals. Yep. What's secondary fractures? So fra- secondary fracture healings actually describe most of the majority of fracture healing that that occurs where they aren't they won't be as well brought together but it involves an additional step called a callus formation mm. to to help the two parts of the bones fuse back together yeah. into one one piece exactly which begs the question you know what is a callus formation and yeah. the way i think about it is this sort of initially this sort of um out pouching of 
you know, developing bone, mm. which hopefully is going to bridge that gap between the fractured area. Yeah. But there's six steps involved in yeah. in this sort of callus formation and overall bone healing. Yeah. Do you want to maybe go through the yeah. first stage? So the first stage is called a hematoma formation. So from my understanding is I'd imagine that let's say if um, I broke my femur, then at that fracture point, blood is going to, uh, the, the vessels between the two halves of the bones would have been disrupted and broken. Yeah. So blood would be flowing out. And let's say if it wasn't, it, it, if it was a closed fracture, it's still with everything's all sealed up nicely. The blood will pull as a pocket around the two broken halves. Mm-hmm. And that would then solidify. Um, the, the broken part of it would actually, the fracture itself would also release inflammatory mediators yeah. to cause neutrophils and macrophages to come in. The, Blood clot itself would cause a fibrin mesh of scaffolding to occur. Mm-hmm. And um, from that, that is the hematoma itself that is being formed. And that encourages new capillaries to be formed in the in the surrounding area of the periosteum. That's right. Yeah. So it's about a 7 to 10 day process where it's not bone yet, but there is something there, the hematoma itself, that provides a scaffolding mm-hmm. for f- subsequent processes to yeah and as part of that also involves uh, angiogenesis so new capillaries being formed to be able to provide sustenance and nourishment to that area yeah so the second stage is called granulation tissue and that's kind of similar to akin to wound healing yeah where you start getting depositions of collagen and um, again uh, angiogenesis going on yeah and starting to activate precursor bone cells so your osteoprogenitors and your um to produce osteoblasts and osteoclasts for example yeah now, that brings us to the third stage, which is roughly around the 33 weeks mark after, weeks, yeah. Yeah, after the fracture. And that's where you start seeing a soft callus being formed. Do yep. you want to maybe expand on that a bit? Yep. So the soft callus itself is formed from uh, primitive mesenchymal tissue, where a fibrocartilaginous callus is actually being deposited. And so the, the callus itself is quite fibrous and cartilaginous. Mm-hmm. There are osteoblast involvements, formation of immature or woven bone that mm-hmm. we mentioned. Um, once again, reiterating some previous concepts that we've talked about, woven bone itself is not normal to find in an adult except for in um, fracture healing. Yeah, so exactly. that's the only situation where you see woven bone, you go, oh, that's, that's yeah. normal, it's supposed to happen because... Yeah, exactly right. And yeah. it's not yet mineralized. That's why it's woven. Once you mineralize it, then it starts becoming mm. um, your pre- mature osteon yeah. sort of uh, compact bones. Yeah. Um, now, whilst this is occurring, you're still getting lots of influx of fibroblasts that are laying down the car- and the um, cartilage, um, and which is a key component of callus formation. Yeah. And then you, over time, you start mineralizing this, and that brings us to the fourth stage, which is the hard callus, and that's where you're starting to mineralize the callus and it becomes harder and that's when you get this sort of bony mm-hmm. um, formation that you start seeing as part of the healing process yeah the ossification continues for up to three months and that makes the callus much stronger so you can actually start bearing bones um, and from there onwards um, it can increase the stability of the bones mm-hmm. and you start seeing the Hervasian systems, which we've alluded to, for example, in the compact bone, yep. which is really showing you that the bones are almost healed. Yep. Um, now, the only problem is if the bones are not properly reduced, these hard calluses that are formed can actually cause bone deformation because okay. that's a permanent bone that's yep. bony structure that's formed. Yep. So that's why it's really important to, even for secondary fracture healing, you want to have a good reduced site. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, the 
the callus, the hard bone is going to be deformed. There's going to be these out pouchings of bone, which is not normal. Yeah. And then what's the last stage? The last stage is called remodeling. And this is from one to two years after the the, uh, initial injury has occurred. Um, So what happens mainly in this stage is the compact bone starts to replace the hard callus. And you would have to quite picture this, that the woven bone, as you would know, is is where the college, the fibers of the uh, within the bone are in random directions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they start to become more linear in this remodeling phase. Yeah. So it's the constant usage of the bone where the in the the osteoclasts within that bone would then start to tell the body, saying, "Hey, these are the where the fo- these are the lines where the force is being transmitted," and the other lines going in the complete wrong direction aren't necessarily mm-hmm. needed. So mm-hmm. through that com- uh, conversation and um, over the f- next few years, those unnecessary lines start to get removed yeah. and remodeled, whereas the necessary ones are the ones that are kept. So that is the constant process of remodeling over exactly. a few years to refine that callus yeah. into good bone. But unfortunately, once you've had this fracture, the strength of the repair bone will never be the same as its original strength. That um, is too bad. Yeah, because the damage has still been done. And as much as the body likes to get it right, mm-hmm. it still is not a perfect process. Yeah. So that's remodeling. So there's a six-stage process where we start with a hematoma formation. Yeah. Then you get granulation tissue. Then you get a soft callus, mm-hmm. then a hard callus, then further ossification. So yeah. that can go up to three months. Yeah. And then remodeling for one to two years. Yeah. And that's why bone healing takes such a long time. That's why you have to have your cast on, for example, for an extended period of time. Mm. Let's finish off by talking about factors that influence bone healing. Yep. Yeah. Okay. What are some local factors? So, very important factors such as the poor blood supply would greatly affect the level of um, mm. the, the speed of the bone healing. Yep. Um, poor immobilization. What that means is that you, the cast wasn't placed on, or yeah, you know, so the reduction wasn't that good. Yeah. Or um, the connection between the two bones were allowed to keep on having uh, moving around mm. and other things like that, which would could cause possibly cause misalignment or deformity long term yeah. down this down the tract. Yep. Um, what are other things? So there's obviously infection in the case of either if you had to perform a surgical intervention yep. to reduce it, or if you um, if the bone was uh, you know protruding out into the uh, into the environment. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's also <coughs> things like systemic factors. If you're malnutrition, if you don't have enough calcium and vitamin D, for example, mm-hmm. that can reduce the capacity to produce bone. Mm-hmm. Smoking inhibits osteoblast activity. Okay. Yeah. Diabetes because of you know poor vasculature um, might be problematic in that sense, but also decreased collagen formation as well. Yeah. And uh, anti-inflammatory medications may be problematic because remember initially you need an inflammatory response to bring about the neutrophils. Yeah. And the, yeah. So if you use an anti-inflammatory medication, that might Tab, um, reduce that response a little so bit in the very early stages exactly and so these are some of the more system um, systemic factors that were alluded to so nutrition smoking diabetes and anti-inflammatory medications yeah so that's it for fractures and for fracture healing so there's a number of terminology that we've discussed we talked mm-hmm. about the different stages of fracture healing and we talked about things that can improve or minimize healing is there anything else you want to add well i just think it's really important to be able to know how to describe a fracture yes uh, i would just imagine that you know later on when we start going to clinical years mm-hmm. it's not good enough to say hey i think i see a fracture on the bone mm-hmm. yeah probably need to describe it as oh i think i see a transverse fracture with a uh, lateral displacement by two centimeters or something like that yeah. um a good guide is to for, for me was that i went on uh, radio pedias seemed to have radio pedia is got a good yeah. actually radio is a great resource for um we're not affiliated with radio pedia um mm. just to you know 
clear yeah. any conflict of interest. We just find them a really great free open source radiology yeah. um, education website. Mm. So that's it. Yeah. Um, thank you for tuning in, guys. Um, mm. We're almost finished with some of the key bone pathologies that we want to cover. Our next, I think, episode is maybe on uh, osteomyelitis. Cool. Um, and that's going to finish off our bone pathologies. And we'll talk about some of the joint pathologies, which I think are really interesting. So that's, you know, like your, your rheumatoid conditions, etc. So, yeah, stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you, guys. Our episode today was put together by our executive producer, Gautam, and our co-editor, Cindy. For notes, elective experiences, and much more study resources, visit our website on thecommonrounds.wordpress.com or visit us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. If you like our episodes, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. You've been listening to The Common Rounds. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.